0: No. Praise God. Thank you. Good morning. How are you doing? Give us a wave. Praise God. Feel like saying hallelujah? Hallelujah. hallelujah. Don't say amen. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Amen. Uh, I stay in a little town called Gigumba. Go to a local church there, you might have guessed. Um, And, uh, yes, in Kirandongo district on the way north. Um, And uh, we uh, we have this ministry called Jesus Loves the Little Children. So that's, you know, the name. Uh, You have to register and do a lot of things in Uganda if you want to be an NGO. But, um, you know, really it's a ministry of God who wants to reach uh, little children like the most needy, yeah, the poorest, the most vulnerable. So, so I stay up there in um, Kigumba. So um, we have two programs. Okay, now I'm going to uh, talk about our work uh, and what God's been up to. So I'm just sharing with you what God's been doing. Amen? And this church supports us. Uh, every month. So that's really wonderful. So we have um, two programs, two main programs. Um, The school's sponsorship program. So, you know, when you're very poor uh, you don't go to school because your guardians can't afford it. So we really look at the the most needy children who have no way of paying school fees and the other school costs. There's no no free school in Uganda, despite what they say. There's a lot of costs, uh, which is slowly increasing all the time. Uh, uh, And here's some of our children. They're all from different tribes and different villages um, around Kigumba area. Um, And uh, they're different um, faiths. There's some Muslims, some, you know, born again, others that go to uh, Catholic churches and things like that. We really look at the, uh, the need of the child, and really God's always emphasizing to me to get the poorest ones. Um, and we pray for all their school needs, all their books and things, um, and their, uh, uniform. You the uniform. See some children with nice new uniforms? And we use local, local schools, uh, mainly government ones, because they're a bit cheaper, And then we can help more children. Uh, We have about 50 children in the school sponsorship program. Um, Then uh, I think there's about 18 of them are children with uh, disabilities, but who are able to go to school. Um, These guys, um, they go to, there's two schools in Masindi, which is the next district that we use where the children with disabilities can go. and these four, who look very happy, they go to one of the schools. They have to board, because it's further away, boarding primary school. That's uh, Sam and Philip, Yasin and Agnes. So, you know, they love being at school. I mean, it's better than sitting in the village all day, yeah? Um, Agnes, that's Agnes. She, uh, she's, she's quite strongly autistic. But uh, she's really come on since we've known her. School's definitely good for her. And uh, also she has a, a, a Christian mum. And we've found that that makes a big difference. Um, but when she first knew us, oh, well done. Um, she couldn't sit still, couldn't look at you. she just wander around. We put her in one school, actually, the other disabled school. And they said, we can't cope with her. She just wanders off all the time. So we put her in this Masindi Center for the Handicapped. And uh, they said, we're fine with her. But she's really changed now. She can sit with you for like a long time. Um, she helps her mom at home now. Uh, and it's really encouraging how she's changed. Um, so that's, praise God for that. Next slide. And um, we do, we, the ones in boarding school need lots of things. Um, I don't know if... Anybody here with somebody in boarding school? It's expensive. <laughs> and it keeps going up. Um, so uh, uh, I don't know why they need so much juice. I've tried to stop the juice, but they say, no, we need juice. Um, uh, uh, so we provide for all the things they need in boarding school as well, their personal items. Um, and this, when, uh, one of the times this year when we were sending them off, uh, this is one of the mums. She's got two deaf twins, Nyangoma and Kato. Yeah, she's called Olive. And uh, as we were finishing the meeting where we gave all the things out, she said, I just want to, we just want to say, we're so grateful that you guys are helping us. Um, and uh, that was really nice actually. So people really appreciate it. Um, Cause she's just got no way she can afford to send her uh, two children to, to boarding school. Uh, then we had a meeting um, for, a special meeting for the deaf children. We have quite a few deaf children. Uh, and so it was a healing meeting. And we prayed for all of them. We took time to, to pray for each child uh, uh, with our little team, praying for, for them to be healed. And it was, a, it was a wonderful time in the presence of God. Amen, next slide. Uh, and then all the children in the uh, schools program, we get them together once a month. Uh, the ones in boarding, they come when they're on holiday for the Jesus Club. Uh, and this is a time when we really wanna share Jesus with them, but it's also a time when they can make friends and, and just relax and be with kind of res- adults who are good role models, but you know, not just strict teachers. So we try to give them more responsibility and let them join in, pray and, you know, worship and um, take part. Uh, we have a games time. Um, we have sort of Bible time, Bible study time. And uh, where they split into two classes. Uh, we have worship, you know, because little children can know Jesus. Amen? Amen. Um, and... That was actually a special meeting where we went to another little church in a village, like an outing, it was quite fun, uh, uh, and this other church put on a really nice uh, day for us. And at that meeting, four, four children gave their lives to Christ, uh, so that was brilliant. Uh, one of them was a gate crasher, but that's fine, <laughs> and the other three we knew. Um, Oh, that's really you know, wonderful. And sometimes God's emphasizing to me that you know, they, he wants them to be saved. He wants, it's not just about going to school, but that's also important. Then um, uh, actually there's, a, there's a, some Chinese missionaries we know really uh, through a sort of God arrangement. And they, they came up and brought school bags for everybody. So that was really lovely. Uh, next slide. And then at the end, we have a big meal, cooked meal. And they can have fish or meat, which you know they never have otherwise. Um, and I was just looking at this photo. I didn't realize, but everyone in that photo where they're eating, they're all deaf. Uh, and one of the lovely things, uh, there's so many lovely things, but when we, when we take a deaf child and we get a sponsor and we, we can send them to school, um, and then they start to learn sign language. Uh, and then they c- can communicate, you know, and make friends. And they have their own, like, conversations going on, and we don't know what they're saying. And, uh, uh, and they're laughing and everything. And it's so brilliant. And some of the children, this girl, Sayama, she would, she would never smile. I would try to get her smile for photos. She would never smile, but after she went to school, She started smiling and laughing. It's so brilliant. Another guy, Omi Rambi, he was just like depressed the whole time. And he would just sit there like this. Um, But we were able to send him to school. And his demeanor completely changed. He was like dancing and smart. The first time I went there, one time with a sponsor, and I saw Omi Rambi in the class smiling. And I was like, wow, I've never seen your face like that. Um, So that's really brilliant. And his dad actually said he felt like he'd lost his son, and now he's got his son back. So that's really wonderful. Um, Marion, one of our older students. Most people stop after P7, but occasionally we carry on with people. Marion is in secondary, but she asked me for a Bible specifically. So um, we gave her a Bible, and she's really happy about it. And she recently gave her life, committed her life publicly to the Lord. So that was lovely. Um, (coughs) Then this is just a fun picture. You know, after the club, they'll go home. uh, uh, And to save money, you you squash as many as you can on the border. (laughs) And just, (laughs) they don't fall off. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Next slide. Um, Actually, just go back, actually, one. Just wanted to share something. So, um, and yesterday we had a Jesus Club, and it was so lovely. Uh, but the one before that in um, May, July. Um, no, is that right? Yes. Um, it's interesting. We, we, I often ask somebody to come and speak to the children. Sometimes we do it, but sometimes I invite somebody just to make it interesting. And so I asked Pastor Shadrach, who works with me, his wife to come. She's called Sarah. And um, uh, Sarah's not a preacher and not a sort of... not a very outgoing person. She's quite shy. But I asked her to come. And, and she spoke to the children at the Jesus Club. And, you know, it wasn't... She didn't pull any trees up, as we say. You know, it wasn't some amazing talk. But she just talked about um, the prodigal son. And... Uh, and she's a nice, you know, a nice lady, a mum, and uh, has her own kids. And um, afterwards, uh, Shadrach said, "Oh, you know, does anybody want to give their life to Jesus?" And some of the very little ones came forward, four of them, uh, and uh, gave their life to Jesus. And it was so lovely. And I was like, "Yeah, because they, they, you know, connected with this lady, who who's nice." So I also need to remember to try and not just be a great big tall guy who talks loudly, but I need to connect with these little ones as well. So that was really lovely. Okay, next slide. Um, then the other program, there's some kind of overlap, but is the children with disabilities. God told me to call them glory kids. And uh, so this is specifically for children with disabilities. Um, and, and there are lots just in Kirindongo district, in one district. Um, there's got to be uh, at least 400 kids, all out, you know, in the villages, everywhere. And for us, we've been doing this since 2015, and we're still meeting new children with disabilities all the time, but there's just so many. Um, so this is a really good ministry, and, and you often find a mom with a child with disabilities in a village, and they're a bit stuck, the the father's probably run away and said, oh, that can't be my child. And to be fair, there's a lot of peer pressure on the men, so don't judge people. Uh, And then the mum is stuck because she can't really go to work much because the child needs so much attention. And they become really, really poor. So when we bring them together, they really appreciate the help they get. They're they're not forgotten. And, you know, God has remembered them. Um... And we do things like uh, we give appliances. Oh, that one was actually free from somebody else. <laughs> really nice American wheelchair. Uh, and then uh, this is James. So we've got James this wheelchair because, um, well, he's, he, did, he was just lying on the ground all day in the village. So I'm just lying on the ground. If he, he can't sit because he falls out, sort of slides down. So we got the. That's why he's strapped in, okay? Um, and uh, we got him in this chair, and he's very, very happy. You know, just going around like this is like huge for him. Um, but it's also to help his posture because his spine is twisting. Um, so that that was made in. Uh, that's made in a place called Katalemwa. which is a centre, a very brilliant place in Kampala for disabled children. Um, It's quite funny, we were sort of fitting him that and it was taking a bit of time. Uh, And he just thought it was a chair, he didn't realize that it moved. And we would like, forgotten to show him. And then we're like, oh yeah, it does, you can push it along. And he was like, wow. (laughs) Um, So that was good to help James. Uh, Go back, shrink back. Shrink down again, good. (laughs) Uh, And then uh, this is a local fundi, Abdul. So he's making something for us, which is nice if we can use local people. Um, it's cheaper and, and, and helps local economy. That's a little kind of push, help thing to help you learn to walk. Okay, next slide. Uh, and then we uh, provide uh, basic physiotherapy out to all the homes, all the children who, who need physio. You know, I'm not a doctor, but I've learned this is really important the physio can make a big difference. So this lady, Juliet, she goes out uh, about once a month uh, if we can afford it, and uh, goes to all the homes and spends a bit of time doing physio. This encourages the mums to keep doing it as well. And even encourages them to like, look after their child. You know, they, they can get despondent and things. So it actually encourages a mother And Juliet prays with them as well. Um, Some people live like this, of course. This Farage, he's got some mental issues. Um, And then this is little Akiti, And uh, his mum has mental issues, so his grandparents look after him. Her, sorry. Uh, There she is. She's very kind of uh, stunted, and she should be much bigger than that. Uh, This is a little squeezy, rustly, shaky thing for stimulation that we gave her. Um, Sometimes it's really hard because a kitty is not really getting better, but we want to keep, you know, being in her life. So that's quite tough because we don't know, I scratch my head, I don't know how we pray with her, how else we can help her. So there's that side of it too, you know. Because I'm somebody, I'm like, what's the problem? What are we going to do to fix it? But sometimes it's, it's not like that. Okay, next slide. Great. Then a, a couple of individual stories. So I um, wanted to tell you about Ayemba Maureen. So uh, this girl came in the office. Uh, the father brought her in. They just heard about us, that's how it goes. And uh, they come in from the village. You know, this is my, he doesn't know anything about it. Uh, I'm like, that's not good. So there's a local clinic we use, it's very good. And, and so we started this process of uh, doing a biopsy. It's where you take a little piece, test it, to see what it is. Uh, and we found out it was non-cancerous. Uh, anyway, then we, we eventually we took her to Mulago and, uh, <coughs> uh, and she had an operation. And she's now okay. And it's the first time I seen her smile as well. Um, But um, it was quite a story. Um, The father is a really nice guy, uh, Thai, uh, but language is a little bit of a problem. So I'd sent him down, he'd been up and down a couple of times. He came down for the operation and I was trying to like communicate with him, you know, what, what do they want? What, when's the operation sort of thing? Uh, and, and, and then I came down here, I was down here. And so I said, okay, I'll, I'm not gonna send you a lot of money. I'll come and bring money if needed. As I was, people tell you, you know, you, you're gonna have to pay at Mulago, okay? This is like what you hear. So, and often you don't know what the thing is. Um, so the morning he said, okay, the operation is tomorrow. I said, do they need money? No, they didn't say anything about money. Then, then he like, rings in the morning. He's like, the operation is at 9 o'clock, and they need 2.5 million now. And I think I was staying with Jerry and Moyo. So I was like, OK. So um, I need to get to Mulago, the other side, uh, like now, with a lot of money. I didn't have all that much money. <laughs> Um, No, I did have the money, actually, but it wasn't on mobile money. Then I thought, maybe I'll send it mobile money, but that didn't, that's a lot of money to send on mobile money, and the agent has to have that money with them. So that didn't work, and I'm like, oh, time's going, time's going. Um, So I started, to save time, I went around the Northern Bypass, all the way around and back in. Um, Now time was going, you know? and it was like 10 o'clock, and then I hadn't been to Mulago for quite a while. So as I drove up to Mulago, um, they kind of updated the entrance and things, and I didn't recognize it, uh, and I just sort of drove past it. At that point, I realized I've missed the turning. At the same moment, I looked, and there's this huge queue of vehicles coming back the other way I'm already very late so you know you have to keep going and to get to the back of the queue coming back right this is on the roads um, so I was like oh no 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 no. then I got around this traffic was just sitting now in my in my life recently God has been speaking to me uh, this verse where it says all things work for good Amen? Let's just read it probably. <laughs> Romans eight twenty eight. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called to those who are the called according to his purpose. So I've been sort of revisiting that verse. It's a verse you sort of hear a lot when you're a new Christian, right? Uh, but I was sort of revisiting it and, and saying, really? All things? You know, because I believe the Bible. And if I have a problem with the Bible, I've realized it's me. So I'm like, okay, all things, God? You know, let's see if that's true. So, and I was finding it is true. But now, this day, it seems to have gone wrong. <laughs> because... I've gone, missed the turning back. Now I'm in a traffic jam. They're they're presumably waiting, you know, and they don't wait, and then you miss your time in the hospital. It's now like 10 o'clock. So I'm like, God, I I just, I don't see how you're going to work this one out. That's what I was thinking. I was like, no, I'll mess this one up this time. Uh, And so, you know, I was just in the jam, going along like this. Then I got in into the hospital area. Thankfully, there's a big car park. Just parked the car, like, ran into the hospital. I don't know Malago very well. I just knew I had to go to, like, Ward 3B, I think it was. And I'm just running along. Do you know where 3B is? Yeah, that way, that way. <laughs> and it's a big hospital. And then I'm running along. And uh, then I get to 3B. I go up. I'm trying to find Ty. Um, then he says, oh, this is the doctor we have to pay. Uh, one thing like for us as an NGO, we have to have receipts for everything, OK? We're audited, professional audited every year. So I was like, oh, OK. This doctor's like, oh, let okay, let's go in this room. So um, he says, yes, it will cost $2.5 and, and I'm like, OK, because um, I did have a sponsor for Maureen. Yeah. Um, and um, then I'm thinking the time, the time, you know, and I was like, you know, I said, I need, a, I need a receipt, you know, and he's like, oh, well, you know, we don't, we can't always trust these agents, the, you know, the, like the mobile money, or the banking agents. Uh, and I'm like, okay, whatever, I need a receipt. Uh, and then um, he wasn't very forthcoming with that. Then there was like a nurse there, and I was like, what is the deal here? She didn't say anything. And then, uh, then, we, then we ended up going back down again. The operation was downstairs. And then um, Maureen was like standing there in the gown ready for the operation. And they're like, we're ready. We're ready to go. Then this like chief surgeon guy comes out. Um, and he's like, yeah, I'm doing the operation today. I was like, okay, I need to pay. I need to pay. How, how do I get a receipt?" He's like, what? No, you don't need to pay. This is a government hospital. Everything's free. (laughs) And uh, at that point, this other doctor rang. (laughs) This junior doctor, Dr. Emmanuel. And I was like, well, you talk to this guy. And he's like, why are you making these people pay? Uh, So God arranged the whole time thing. Like for me to meet that guy, you know, I I just met him as he came in. This chief, and he was brilliant, you know, A Ugandan guy, you know. Uh, and he's like, "No, you don't need to pay." Brilliant. God bless him. And so we saved 2.5 million. But just, but God had been in the whole thing. He'd been in the whole thing all the time, and all things do work for good. <laughs> so that was Maureen, uh, and they took out a big lump, obviously. Uh, then we have uh, Telemo Amon. And um, so Ammon, yeah, when, you know, they, the mother brought him to us, and the father actually came together, and he was also, like, very disturbed. He couldn't sit down, um, he got, like, shiny eyes, and um, it was a really difficult situation. We went to the home, you can see the home, very, very poor. They're just, like, eating sweet potatoes. That was their diet. And the mother's sort of pulling her hair out because Ammon wanders around and bothers people and walks onto their little road. It's out in the villages. And the father's drinking. Uh, uh, and, you know, you just want to, like, get me out of here, you know, because this is, you know, really, really difficult, you know? But because God has told me he, wants, he told me he wants, wants to help the most disabled. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to be faithful, do my job. I wasn't feeling <laughs> any faith. And uh, so slowly we started to help him, pray for him. The mother started coming to Shadrach's church. He's really good with uh, sort of discerning spirits and, uh, 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 and praying against the demonic. Um, She obviously had some demons, and they were gradually coming out. Uh, And I guess she was, like, realizing, wow, God loves me and is really working in my life. Uh, We we also gave him some medicine for epilepsy, and that was helping. And we are also praying for him. Uh, Shadrach was talking to the father a little bit. And uh, slowly, slowly, he has changed... He can sit down and look at you, and you can engage with him now. Uh, and um, he doesn't seem to be affected by demons anymore. Um, and I was at this little village church um, for another reason. Uh, and um, I was amazed to see the father of Ammon and the mother, and Ammon sitting, he's behind there. And he sat there the whole time. Uh, with his parents sat still in church uh, and I thought oh, this is amazing you know it's incredible and the father's really changed and I think he's seen how God works so you know that was another little wonderful story we keep praying for him uh, we do um, so this child has club feet that's called club feet so that's another thing uh, needs, uh, probably needs an operation Sometimes, if it's not too bad, you can just do it with casting over a period of time. But he's waiting. So we have children, like you know, waiting. uh, Just say there's so many waiting for operations um, and treatment. Other children are waiting for appliances. I'm just telling you, you know, how it is. That's also kind of difficult, you know. Um, Next slide. This is a nice story. This is Mambu John. And um, how are we doing for time? We're okay. I want my coffee. So Mambo John, again, he came to the office. Maybe I'll speed up a bit. And um, his leg had like broken and um, they lived far out in the village. Nobody, they hadn't done anything about it. They came in after like a year later. We took, took him an x-ray, the bones all infected. Uh, 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 And that's really serious when that happens. So uh, the hospital waited a week, and then they said, we wanna cut the leg off. So the mum sort of grabbed him and fled back to the village. And then we were like, where are you? What happened, what happened? And then she told us. So we said, okay, let's try and we're gonna try and, we took it to this local clinic with a very good doctor. And he said, we'll try and treat it with antibiotics. Uh, And so we started doing that. It was a little bit expensive. Uh, um, and after about six months of doing that the leg had sort of dried up it wasn't pussy anymore did another x-ray but it still looked infected at which point I was like "What? you know where are we going with this Um, and then not long after that they came back (laughs) and um, the bone was now sticking out of the leg I gave this talk at a school they loved that bit uh, and I was like, oh, wow. And that was God was prompting me to do something else. And God does this. And I was like, okay, uh, let's take him to Korsu, even if we haven't got any money, we take him, which is a hospital on the way to Entebbe, a children's hospital, very good with bones. So I said, let's just take him there. Uh, and I took him there. And, and amazing, they said, we can operate. I was like, Okay. I didn't really believe it. (laughs) They said they can operate. So, there's a man waiting for his operation. Uh, And they did operation. And now it's all sort of, uh, this was like a a month later, all tidied up, cleared up. He just has to, they don't want to see him for a year. And uh, you know, just let the bone heal and then they get stronger. So that was really wonderful. Next slide. (laughs) Um, So we have a club also for the children with disabilities. Uh, And this is a really important time. This has become a really important time. When we were first doing the club, I was like, you know, this is about the children. And we're trying to, like, connect with the children and and minister to them. But during COVID, we had to close. And then God was telling me, you need to start again. But he told me to change the emphasis to the guardians. So now we have, when we have the Glow Kids Club every month, we have to split them, the little ones and the old ones. And uh, we, have, we have more worship. We don't have to do the physio because Juliet goes out. And we have a lovely time of worship. Then some of the mums lead some worship. Then uh, maybe one of the mums gives a little word. And they, they take part much more. Uh, and then we have like a main preach uh, with lots of prayer and ministry. And it's a really powerful time. And people get freed from demons uh, uh, people get healed, and uh, God is really sort of turning it up, which is what we want. We want to have a time that allows God to come and move. Amen? So that's really exciting, and that's like increasing all the time. So, uh, you know, we want more of that. Amen? Next slide. Those mums, they appreciate it so much, you know, coming and having fellowship. And it's like church for them, it's like they don't have good churches in their villages. You know, there's probably a COU and a Catholic. Uh, so this is like their church, and it's really, they're really growing in faith. And sometimes their mums get saved as well. Uh, then we do some training, if, if we can, if we can afford things. This is Ola. We put him with a mechanic for a year. He finished P7. And uh, Judith is doing some catering. Someone else is doing driving. Um, so we try to do that. We have this little project, uh, nutrition project um, where we give, um, the idea is just to give families a bit more income to improve their diet actually. Um, but we do it by giving them a female goat. Then they, they give us back one female kid and uh, then we give that to another family. So it's a nice little simple project, low maintenance, and that keeps going. Next slide. And then, um, so I talked a bit about parents getting saved. This mum and her child came in. The child has some mental issues. But he's like 17. So it's about, that's, you know, that's a bit too old for us. And I don't really see how we can help you very much. Um, but we started talking to the mother, and I was talking to the mother, and she was like COU, so, but said she wasn't born again. So I was being quite sort of tough with her, you know? Uh, and after about. 20 minutes, you know, she ended up giving her life to Christ in the office. So that was brilliant. And that's actually a great way to help the child that now his mum is saved. And uh, something else we, we sort of happens is our older girls who are in P7 and P6. Uh, you know, they start to get other pressures as they grow up. Uh, one of our girls was raped recently. So we're just trying to pray for her. She was actually a Muslim who gave her life to Christ. It was very serious, sort of faith. Um, so we, we, we're, we're ch- trying to help the older girls. We give them all free pads when they need them. Next slide. So yeah, that's, uh, that's some of what we do. It says here, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you, are, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, so being a living sacrifice, is just, that's like the, the plumb line, okay? That's the normal thing, amen? <coughs> um, when I was, I was home in, I was back to Uganda, uh, back to UK, I'm not sure where home is, actually, but um, <coughs> I was in the UK in June, July, and uh, I'm 60 this year, so we had a little meet-up with friends, And people were asking, how long are you going to just stay in Uganda, and are you going to come back, and are you going to retire, and things. And and I and I thought this thing, you know, you know, I got in the boat with Jesus, Uh, uh, he's steering it, you know, I don't tell him where to go, so I don't know what is going to happen, you know. And then I was thinking, is that right? Is that right? Correct, theologically. Then I thought about the disciples, you know, Jesus said, Follow me. They just dropped everything and started following him, left their jobs. You know. They didn't say what's the plan, and he just said, Follow me. So that I think that is correct, you know. He said, if you keep looking back on your plowing, you're not fit for the kingdom of God. I know, you know, a lot of Christians they seem to be busy with a lot of other stuff and have a lot of plans. Um, one time Jesus said get in the boat we're going to the other side but he didn't tell him anything else he didn't tell him what was going to happen he said Jesus get in the boat with me amen not a very big amen amen Amen. follow me they didn't say what is the plan, five year plan where are we going Praise God. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you said, follow me. Thank you, Jesus. And you didn't tell us the whole plan. Some of us, a lot of us have jobs, and uh, that's the right place for us at the moment. Maybe we have family. You know, we need to, uh, to feed our family, look after them. By God, we want to make sure that we are following You. Not looking back, looking to the sides, Jesus. And that we are, as it says in Romans 8:28, in Your will, according to Your purpose. Whatever that is, at the moment, we just want to make sure that we are in Your purpose, God, and following You at this time in our lives, Lord. And not looking around and, or even making excuses. At the same time, being responsible. And you know about that, Lord. So we watch you want to make sure we're in the boat with you. We're not telling you where to go. But we're trusting you, Jesus. We're trusting you. And thank you, Lord. We thank you for this wonderful ministry that you started and that you run and use people like me to, to touch these little children who really, they don't even know... That uh, they're supposed to be loved, some of them. They're just like, just struggling and and coping with things, living in maybe a difficult family unit with an aunt or something. Or they've been rejected, Lord, a lot of them. We want them to know your love through this ministry, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that some of them are finding you. Many of them are finding you, even their (coughs) mums. Sometimes they're dads. That's also awesome, God. And we pray, Lord, keep turning it up. More glory, we pray, Father, in this work. More glory, Father. More of your Holy Spirit, we pray. I thank you for this church who who supports us and many individuals and people who donate. We thank you for that, God. We find that by relying on you, we're able to do more by trusting, praying, fasting, we find we can do more, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Keep speaking to anyone here, Father, you are spoken to this morning. Maybe it's time for a new thing. Maybe. Has God been speaking to you? Father, if you're doing that, we pray that you would guide and encourage and show the way forward. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen.